Let's catch ourselves up on where we've been the past few weeks. We've been talking about Jesus' final hours on the cross. If you got your Bibles, turn to the book of John. John chapter 19 is where we're going to be today. John chapter 19. In these final hours, we know that Jesus made seven statements that had huge significance for us. They had massive significance for who we are and how we live out our lives. I know the first statement that Jesus made was, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. You remember that? The very first week, Casey talked about that, what that forgiveness extended means to you and I. The second week, we talked about uh, the thief that was on the cross beside Jesus. Remember, he had thieves on his right and his left. And the thief that said, Jesus, remember me today in paradise. And you remember Jesus' words to him were, today you will be with me in paradise. And you remember the third phrase he used, was when he looked down and he saw his mom. I can't imagine the feeling that day when Jesus looked down and he saw his mom and he said, Mom, this is your son, and son, this is your mom. Powerful. But we know at noon that day, darkness settled in over the land, right? We know that darkness fell because the first three words were for others. The next three, he was going to be uttering them. We know that the first phrase he uttered in that darkness was, my God, my God, why have you forsaken? You remember his sin had separated us now from the eyes of the Father, had separated Christ from the eyes of the Father, and he felt that disconnect. We talked about that. You can go back and hear all these online. Last week, we, we know that he said, I am thirsty. I am thirsty. And they offered up a, a sour sponge uh, full of sour wine and vinegar, and they offered it up to him on the cross. Talked, talked about last week what that meant. But today the words are interesting because we know them as three words. But back during that time, it was one word. And when you heard this word uttered, you knew what it meant. There wasn't a Roman soldier. There wasn't a Jewish leader standing by that dark cross that day that when Jesus lifted up his heels and he pronounced these words, you knew what those words meant. And that's what we're going to read about today. Would y'all join me in a word of prayer? Man, if you're sitting with your family right now, grab their hands. If you're sitting alone right now, grab the hand of your father in heaven. And would you ask him to speak to you, would you? Because these words that day on the cross, they got you written in them. They've got me written in them. Father, would you settle into our living rooms? Would you settle into our cars if we're driving somewhere right now? God, wherever somebody may be logging in this morning, Father, I pray that you pull up a chair with them. God, I pray that you have an intimate conversation. I pray at the end of today, we will never look at these words the same way. Because what Jesus said that day, massive to us today. So God, speak to us, teach us, show us, guide us, so we can see what you have for us. And Father, I pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. We, we know that in the New Testament, 
over 30,000 words were uttered by Christ that are captured. But we also know that he said so much more that John tells us were, were never captured. But there was no more significant word or phrase than the one he uses that we read today. John chapter 19, if you got your Bibles, turn over there. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, fourth book of the New Testament. Um, if you've got your app, it's super easy to find. If you've never downloaded, if you're tuning in today and you're new, North Star Church, Georgia in the App Store, you can go and there's also some notes you can get online. But I, man, today's a great day to write down or at least type in a couple of the thoughts that we're gonna hit this morning. Let's pick up the scene. It's about three o'clock in the afternoon. Darkness has fallen over the land. We know that the Roman soldiers are by the cross. We know the Jewish leaders are by the cross. We know that John is there along with the Marys, right? Mary, his mom, Mary Magdalene, and, and the other Marys. There were four of them that would gather together. We know they were there, and the thieves on either side who were at the end of their lives as well. Listen to what Jesus said, John 19, verse 28. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished. What, what, what was finished? Well, his mission. What was his mission? To redeem mankind. That was his mission. To seek and to save that which was lost. It was now finished. And to fulfill scriptures, we talked about this last week, he said, I thirst, a jar full of sour wine stood there. So they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and they held it to his mouth. Huge significance in all that. We're not gonna get into it today because we talked about it last week. But then it says, when Jesus had received the sour wine, it moistened his lips just enough to say these words. It is, you know, if you were in the crowd this morning, I would ask you to say it with me, finished. It is finished. We have three English words for one Greek word. And the Greek word was a word called telestai, meaning it is complete. And then he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit to telestai. Anytime that word was uttered, it meant finished. It meant done. It is complete. The account is paid in full. It is now over. So what's it mean to us? See, this term had massive significance in that day. I know the, the Roman soldiers knew it. The Jewish leaders knew it. They all understood it. When they heard it that day, they felt it. Because here, here's what he didn't say. So don't, don't get this picture. Jesus didn't say, I am finished. No, 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 no. He wasn't finished. The work was finished. It is finished to telestai. What's it mean? A couple things. What did Jesus accomplish on the cross? Number one, he fulfilled scripture. We talked about this last week. There were over 300 prophecies from the Old Testament that Jesus fulfilled that day on the cross. Isn't that crazy? 300. If he had fulfilled one of them, it would have been a miracle. He fulfilled all 300. It was finished. 
to Telestai. It was done. He had completed the work that he came to do. Remember we said last week, it's like covering the state of Texas in coins, and I take one coin, and I put an X on the coin, and I give you one shot in the state of Texas to find the coin with an X on it. The chances of you finding it are like the chances of one of those prophecies coming true that were said centuries before, let alone all of them. He said, it's finished. Look, look at the way. So after the resurrection, he walked down the road with two guys walking out. They were discussing what had gone on. And look at what he said. When I was with you before, I told you everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. He fulfilled it. When Jews point to the Old Testament, Jesus points to his fulfilled prophecies, and there were 300 of them. So when a Jew looks back and say, says, who is he? When he goes, well, I, I completed everything that Zechariah, Isaiah, David in the book of Psalms, Moses pointed to, Abraham pointed to, all the great prophets. I am the completion of all of those things. Number two, he satisfied the law. See, there was a law, it was a legal thing, it was a judicial thing that had to be satisfied because somebody had to take ownership for the crime. Look at what Romans said, look at the way Paul said it. God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving us his son as a sacrifice, and I want you to underline or circle this next phrase, for our sins so that just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us. There was a pending legal problem for you and for me, and the pending legal problem was crimes that we committed. What was the crime? The crime was sin. It began at birth. We were born with sin nature, and then we just added to the crime all along, and the problem was somebody had to take care of it legally, when legalists point to the Ten Commandments, Jesus points to his perfect life and says, listen, I know they didn't. I did finished. To tell a star, it is finished. I've overcome the prophecies. I have overcome the legalities that could be held against you, held against me in a court of law. Jesus said, I took care of it. They point back to the Old Testament. He points to his perfect life. Number three, he paid my penalty. He paid my penalty. He paid, I want you to write down this little thought. He paid what I was unable to pay. I don't know if you've ever gotten a bill before and you had no possible way to pay it. So you pay interest on it, potentially, and you just pay it for years and years and years and years, but you never complete it. I, I remember, Ann and I, we'd been married too long. Casey was a little guy at the time. I had spoken at a camp in Panama City, and we, we took every beach camp available because that was our vacation. We didn't have any money. We were, we were, we were, we were, we were young. And so we had done, we had made some mistakes with our credit card. So we put a $500 cap on our credit card and we went to Panama City and they paid for our meals that week. It was glorious. And then I had a friend that I was talking to from Fayetteville for where I grew up. And they said, we have a condo in Destin. Go use our condo the following weekend. And we're like, 
man, we prayed about it, and God said, yes, absolutely go. And so we didn't pray. We just took off. And so we left Panama City. We drove this, and we hadn't saved for it. We hadn't thought about it. We pull up, and we left literally literally in Panama City, I'm not kidding, it was a trailer that we stayed in, it was awesome that we stayed in that week that a family had let us use and the, and the uh, beach camp people had paid for it for us. And so we drive over to Destin, never been to Destin, it's my first trip to Destin, pull up at an incredible set of condominiums right on the beach in Destin. And I remember pulling up, and I was so excited. And I live up here, and Ann lives in reality. And I remember Ann looking at me, we pulled up to the little area where you check in, and she said, did they give this to us, or do we have to pay for it? And I remember that, you ever watch the air come out of a balloon? I remember my hope-filled weekend just coming down, because I didn't know the answer to that question. I was like, baby, I don't know. She's like, Mike, we can't, there's no way, we don't, we can't pay for it. Our credit card max is $500. I guarantee you this place is 500 a night to stay here. We can't, we, we can't afford to stay here. And I'm like, well, what do you want me to do? And she said, well, they're your friends. And so I, I had to make that awkward call on my Nokia. Y'all remember the old Nokia cell phone? I had to make that awkward call on my Nokia cell phone to call them and to, to say, hey, we're in Destin. We're so excited to be here. We, man, this is beautiful. And then I said, what am I gonna owe you for the weekend? Is what I asked. And it was the polite way of going, I pray zero because anything above zero, we're out. And the greatest words, and I had it on speakerphone, the greatest words were when they said, oh, no, 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 we took care of it. (laughs) Oh, dear Lord. It was a glorious weekend because they paid for something I was unable to pay for. Listen to what Jesus did. He paid the penalty for your sin. Take what I would have owed on that condo for a weekend, multiply it times a billion. And that's how much you owe for your sin. Look at what Hebrews says. But Jesus offered himself as the sacrifice for people's sins. He offered himself. They didn't take his life. He gave it. When my sin points to judgment, Jesus points to his sacrificial death finished, paid in full, done, taken care of. To tell us die. Oh, that account Mike owed. That penalty took care of it. Point number four, he conquered sin and death. He conquered sin and death. See, now we don't, fully get that. I get it here. I don't get it here. I get it. I get it up here. Oh, I know. One day, though, I'm really going to get this. Look at what Romans tells us. Look at what Paul tells us in the book of Romans. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead, he lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. If you know Christ, you only die once. You don't die twice. You only die once. You die a physical death. But the minute you close your eyes here because of what Jesus did and finishing that debt you and I owed, we open our eyes there. We close our eyes here. We open our eyes there. It is a physical death. It is not a spiritual death. Because of what he did. When Jesus had his arms out that day and he said, to tell us die, it is finished. Meaning, 
death was overcome. Death was to be feared no more. Because death really, for a believer, is a win, not a loss. I don't know how many families I've sat with and they come in during the grieving time of losing a loved one and we'll sit on the couch in my office or I'm sitting there in their house and I'll, I'll make this statement. I know this is hard, but you understand they won and we lost, right? We got to keep living here. They're, they're, they're living the life we've dreamed we would live. The, the other day, because I, life is... Uh, a little slower around the office, you know. So I came in the office and Ann came in with me and we went back through my files and found all my marriage certificates, right, that I've done weddings through the years. And then we found all, they, they're called clergy cards. They're, they're uh, when I do somebody's funeral. And there, were, there, was a, there was a mound of them. And I was reading the stories of them. You know what made me happy? is really, they were just notices of new residents because of what Jesus did 2,000 years ago. To tell us die. You die once, you die physical death, but you will not die a spiritual death. That's why I said we don't even understand it now. We're just living out our life, doing our deal. And he's like, it is done. It is finished. Death is to be feared no more. Number one fear everybody has is death. And he goes, don't fear death. Because of what I've done dying for you, I overcame death. And look, look, look with me. When sin and death point to its power, Jesus points to his indwelling spirit. You remember Jesus was walking down the road and he had tarried for four days when his friend Lazarus had died. You remember this? And he comes walking in on the fourth day and Mary and Martha see him coming and there's a conversation that happens out on the road and Jesus, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died but I know he'll rise again on the last day and Jesus makes this statement. He said, I am the resurrection and the life and even though a man dies, Yet shall he live. And then he asked his two friends, Mary and Martha, do you believe this? See, the resurrection ain't even happened yet. It's pointing to today. It's the hope you and I have of what Christ did for us. But the final thing, point number five, he defeated the devil, our foe, our nemesis since the book of Genesis. Oh, and he holds that sin debt over you. Colossians 2, in this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities and he shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. When Satan points at my sin, Jesus points at his spilled blood so what if I gave you a little project today and the project was I want you to take a journal mom or dad son or daughter college student baseball coach friend 
take this journal, and I want you to write in it everything you've ever done you knew was wrong. I mean, this doesn't even include the stuff we did it and we didn't know it was wrong. We just, I, I remember when I was little, we went to Richway. I don't know if you remember Richway here in Atlanta. And I accidentally took a little thing of lip gloss. And my sister, I, I came home and it was in my pocket. My sister used to say, the police are going to come get you one day. And I would live in fear every time I would see a cop car go by because I was worried about the, the and I didn't even know I had taken it. I didn't even know I had it. But that's nothing compared to the stuff I know I've done. What if I say, I want you to start when you're 10 and write it all down? Oh, you'd fill up that journal? I would. And I wouldn't be proud of anything I wrote down. See, that what's in that journal is what the devil holds against you. You do know, understand that, don't you? We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against principalities and rulers of darkness. And he holds that journal of your junk, of your pride, of your greed, of your selfishness, of your jealousy, of your stuff. He holds that. He holds it against you. And he always brings it up. The minute you want to do something for the Lord and you begin to make a step for the Lord, he goes, oh, what? A, what a, you, remember, you remember page two of your journal? You remember that time that your mom never found out about? Remember that thing that your spouse never found out about? That you pray your children never know? Oh yeah, I got you hostage. And it's gonna take a ransom to pay this off. Get this. In a spiritual context, when Jesus had his arms outstretched and his feet crossed and he had that peg under his feet, and he lifted up his feet and he yelled out, Tetelestai, he said, I took your journal and I shredded it and it's paid in full. And the one that came to defeat you, I defeated that day. He has no power over you. It's really the, it's the cry of a victor. I am done, the game is complete. No extra innings, no do-overs. The final out was recorded. Zeros are on the clock. The buzzer has gone off. The ref has waved the flag going, there is no more to be added to the story. It is done. And he is defeated. Satan points at my sin in my book. We can point at Jesus' spilled blood because it covered that sin. See, up until this point, the Jews had been on like a, a layaway plan spiritually because they had to pay each time for the sins they committed. So they would take this spotless lamb, they would sacrifice that lamb, and that blood would cover the sins that they had committed but it was like a spiritual layaway plan. They kept having to do it over and over. They're just paying interest on something they can never pay off. That day, there was no more need for a spilled blood of a lamb again because God's spotless lamb, his blood covered your past sin, 
your present sin and your future sin. Why? Here's why. Here's the part. Don't miss this. Because he loves you. That's why. He was willing to give up his life so you and I could find life. He didn't want to be in heaven without you. He was willing to be forsaken so you and I could be found. Would you pray with me? Boy, right where you're at right now, would you just tell him thank you? Would you? Start thinking about what's in that journal and you go, God, I'm ashamed. And he says you're forgiven. Why do you keep bringing up something I've already forgiven? The devil has no power over you. He's been defeated. If you're a believer right now, sometimes we walk as if we lost the game. game has been won he was the victor it's paid in full it is finished and as those words pierce the sky that day may they pierce your darkness today maybe just maybe you tuned in this morning and you say Mike I have never done that I've never done that. I'm still holding my book. And though he's forgiven it, I've never handed it over to him to be forgiven. But I want to today. I want to make him my Lord and Savior today. Could I lead you in a prayer to meet him? Could I? It goes like this. Dear Lord Jesus, would you pray that? Dear Lord Jesus, I need you. Pray that. I believe you lived for me. I believe you died for me. And I believe you rose again just for me. Come into my heart today, Lord Jesus, to be my personal Lord and Savior today. I ask you that. Welcome home. Jesus, thank you for helping some new friends find their way home today. It's in your name that I pray. Amen. Man, today is really my favorite part of the week because even though we're physically not in the same space, we were able to connect. For some of you this morning, today was that spiritual step you've never taken before. You say, Mike, I asked Christ in my life today. Welcome home. We want to celebrate with you. If you'll take out your phone, I want you to text the numbers 555-888. Text NSC Follow to 555-888-555-888. Because we have some guys and some ladies that want to celebrate with you and shoot you some information about what it means to follow Christ. In the not-too-distant future, hopefully, we're going to get together and celebrate you live, and we'll have baptism, and it's going to be awesome.
But until then, we want to know. We want to celebrate with you. But it means the world. I know our incredible staff team here at North Star has done a phenomenal job keeping everything going. There's kids ministry stuff and and preschool stuff and special needs has some things going on. Middle school, high school, college, our groups are all meeting online. Why? Because though the church may be scattered, we're still together. And I'm telling you, we're going to be stronger when we get back together. I can promise you that.